Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, again, we borrow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let my speech and my preaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let there be demonstration, let there be demonstration of spirit and power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I ask that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us the spirit of wisdom, and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before you take your seat, could you turn to two or three people and tell them good morning. It's good to see you. Good morning, and it's good to see you. good to see you. Amen. You may be seated and I just want to express for my appreciation for you moving up closer. Uh, it just makes life easier for the ushers. So thank you so very much. Exodus chapter 33 verse 14. Matthew 27 verse 45. In Psalm 22, verses 1 through 5, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And the Lord said to Moses, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46 now, from the sixth hour, that is 12 noon, there was darkness over all the land to the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon. And about the ninth hour, 3 p.m., Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22, verses 1 to 5. My God, my God, this is David writing the psalm here. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving or rescuing me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. I know this is describing some of you right now. Yet you are holy, dwelling in the praises of Israel. And in you, our fathers trusted. Yes, they trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame or they were not disappointed in trusting in you. I, I want to start a new series. Uh, it was 
really got a lot of wonderful feedback uh, as way with our last series that we ended about who's your staff. And I, I want to do a three-part series called The Young and the Restless. The Young and the Restless. Let me give you some context here. Um, as I was praying, I really sensed that our young adults and our young people are going through a season of difficulty, a season of, God, when are you going to do this? Fill in the blank. God, how much longer do I have to wait for fill in the blank? God, I can't take any more fill in the blank. And there's a restlessness in your spirit that's going to cause you to do something that you're going to regret doing. And the enemy is putting pressure on you, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, like he put pressure on Abraham. After about 10, over 10 years, over a decade of waiting, he decided to take matters in his own hand and produced Ishmael. And, and the, the, the tough thing is, is that the mistakes we can make now because we are restless can affect us, listen to me very closely, for generations. Turn to your name and say, neighbor, you may be young. No, just in case some of you may not know, but some of you are not young. But you may be young, but what you're doing right now could affect your grandchildren. And they're not even born yet. Yeah, well, you didn't have to say that, but you get the picture. There's decisions that we make. There's, you can look in America, there's generational poverty. There's, there's generational curses. There's families that I, you know, I, that I know that in this church that, praise God, they're breaking the family curse, but, they, but they're the first ones in their family who, got, who didn't get pregnant as a teenager. That, that's, a, that's a family curse. And your restlessness could cause you to not just harm yourself, Baham generations after you. Amen. But on the other hand, the good news is that if you wait on the Lord, you will have blessing generations. Amen. How many want to be a blessing generation? How many of you want your grandchildren to look at your picture and say, mwah, 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 thank you? I was texting... You know, some of you have your, your um, cell phones, and when you text, like, for example, I text somebody in Italy, and as soon as I text the word Italy, the 
Italian flag came up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That certain emojis come up. So by accident, I text the word restless. And this is the emoji that came up. If that describes you when you're restless, raise your hand. We were at our convention in Orlando and the beauty of that place is that that's the only airport because we were staying at the Hyatt for our convention and that's the only airport where you can literally get off the plane and walk right to your hotel room. No cab, no shuttle, you just walk to your room. I was like, yes, Lord. So yesterday we're leaving. I mean, literally from, from the elevator, you could see the people in the line trying to get into security. So it's right there. And I'm saying to myself, I don't have to get there two hours earlier. It's right there. I am looking at the gate from the lobby. Surely I can relax. And all of a sudden you get into the baggage line and the baggage line was going like from here to Central Square. And now I'm saying, what, have you ever, have you ever taken your time and then when you got to the airport, you said, why did I take so long? And what ended up, what should have been a nice calm, sit in your seat and wait for people became a, are we going to make it? And this was like the look on my face, like Jesus, Jesus. The word restless, it means uh, uneasy in heart. Une there's an uneasiness in your attitude. The word restless means perpetually agitated. Perpetually agitate, added, agitated. And that's why I believe the Lord has me bless you at the end of the service. Many may God remove anything that causes agitation. Okay, okay. The word agitate comes from a Latin word, ago, and it means to drive. That, that, that you're not doing things, you're not in a place of your own accord, something's driving you, and, that, and that's not always good, to be agitated. This word restless means anxious, and yet Jesus, not Jesus, Paul says in, the, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for no thing, but everything with prayer, supplication, and with thanksgiving. Sprinkle your prayers with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, the shalom of God will guide your what? Your, your, your emotions and God what? Your, your mind, the way you think. Some of you are restless. You're anxious. The word restless means fretful, full of fret. 
Psalm 37, verse 7, and we'll talk about this a little later, not today, but a little later. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. Okay. Fret not yourself. Say with me, self. Self. Fret not. That's what that means. Fret not yourself. Look at yourself and say, self, stop being afraid. Isn't it amazing that whenever Jesus or an angel showed up, the first thing they said was what? Thank you. Oh, boy, you guys really know the Bible. This word, this word restless means unsettled. Psalm 30, sorry, Exodus 32, the background of this, Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, the context of this is Moses has just come out of a very intense emotional time. And some of us, we're going through very intense moments where you can be literally emotionally drained. Can I get a witness out there? Just, just you are, we call it spent. You have nothing left in the tank. Am, am I speaking to somebody? And so here he is. He, he's in, in, in Exodus chapter 31 and part of 32. He's up in the mountain in the presence of God. God is speaking to him and giving him uh, rules and regulations on how he wants his people to live. And he comes and he has what we know as the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. And as he is returning to tell the people what God said to help them to govern their lives so that they can stay in the blessing lane. Are you with me? He, he finds out that the people decided to make these idols, golden calves, and said, the God that Moses is up there talking to, he's not the one who brought you out. These golden calves brought you out. Now, amen. How many of you have ever did something and somebody else, they didn't get the credit, they took the credit? <laughs> Any, anybody here? Uh, come on, come on, let's be honest. You know, can, can we talk? Let's be honest. Okay, okay. And how many of you, let's be honest, you are feeling some kind of way. You, mean, you, you tried to express the joy of the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, but inside you were seething. See, the point is, is that we're made in God's image and God does not want any other God taking credit for what he did. Mm. And so I'm going to, mm, so turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, so that way you don't get mad at me and say, neighbor, neighbor stop, giving stop giving the credit, the credit for, your for your blessings to the God, to God called, called luck. I was lucky. No, it was God. But I want to be politically correct. No, you tell them it was God. All by himself. Can I get a witness? It was God. 
just for about 20 seconds, could you just give God a praise break? That house I got, it was God. That job I got, it was God. When I got healed, it was God. When my marriage got put back together, it was God. My kids are not on drugs, it was God. Shit, it was God. What, no luck? Amen. You got the wrong four-letter word. It was the Lord. It wasn't luck. Take luck out of your vocabulary. Mm. Lord, have mercy. And so, and so, Moses comes down and they're slaying all the people who worship the idol. And then in verse 33, chapter 33, God is saying, I'm so ticked off at you, I'm not walking with you all anymore. And Moses says, the Lord says, I'm going to send an angel because I'm just, I'm done with you. And Moses said, your presence has to go with us because that's the only thing that identifies us and makes the difference between us and the heathen. Are you with me so far? And then, and then God says to Moses, okay, Moses. Because you have prayed, he says these, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. This word presence. So, so Moses leaves an agitated, anxious situation in Exodus chapter 32 and the beginners 33. And God says to him, calm down. I know you're frustrated, but my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And this word presence is the Hebrew word that, that um, the, the Hebrews do not have a word for presence. Their word for presence is face. So meaning that when you're ever in the presence of God, you are in the face of God. Are you with me? So God is basically saying is that, that wherever you go, I'm going to be watching over you. My, you will have my face. Are you with me so far? I'm almost finished here. And, and so what, what God is saying to us is that the cure for restlessness, anxiety, agitation, are you with me? Uneasiness of heart. The, the, the answer to that is to spend time in God's presence. In other words, the, the answer for this is to live in the realm of encounters. There is, there is the power of an encounter is you cannot unsee what you saw. The word encounter it, it, is, it is two Latin words, en, which means within, and counter, or contra, which means face-to-face. -face. So an encounter is face-to-face -face within. Are you with me so far? What do you mean face-to-face -face within? Face-to-face, -face, thank you, within my heart. In other words, God and I are having an encounter face-to-face, -face, but it's on the inside. You can't see it. Are you following me? Well, we'll prove that in the scriptures. Doesn't Paul says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your what? Mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe where? In your heart. See, in your heart. You receive 
the encounter in your heart, in your attitude. Are you with me so far? And so what I'm saying is that what, what we need that will change everything, and, and there's two points I want to nail with you, uh, young folks, and that is you need to have regular daily encounters with the Lord. And if you have regular daily encounters with the Lord, it will change everything. You will move from restlessness to restfulness. What do you mean? Okay, we're going to do this. Let me show you an example. Okay, uh, Bethel, could you come up here for a moment? And I want you to just stand up there. No, right in front here. And I want you to hold this mirror. Very good. Okay. So. The, the, the word rest is a, is a, um, is the Hebrew word nuach. And it makes up the same Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, okay? And the word, it means to set oneself down anywhere. Oh my, you're going to shout next week when I talk about what that means. Even more. It means to, to make yourself quiet. It is, it is the Hebrew word, for our English word, chill out. It is, it is settle down. So he says, my presence will go with you and I'll cause you to settle down. Turn to somebody and say, you need to settle down. You need to do that. How many have ever lived in a two family, two, a two floor house, okay? And the kids are running around, and all of a sudden, the parents yell up, settle down! My presence, yeah, thank you. I tell you, you got to preach out there. My presence will go with you, and I will give you the ability to settle yourself down. Because the enemy is agitating many of you to, into bad decisions. So why do I have to have an encounter with God, a, a face-to-face with God? Are you with me so far? James puts it this way, James chapter 1, verse 22 and to 24, and I'll, and I'll finish. In the Passion Translation, he says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. This Passion Translation, James chapter 1, verse 23. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word. Are you hearing me? He, he, he looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Verse 24, you perceive 
You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. Oh, I love that. You, you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. So, so I want to make a case. Is, is, I want to make a case. Is, is there like a real thank you? I want to make a case for keeping yourself in the presence of God and in the face of God, which includes his word. This has got to be your constitution. Mm, this has got to be your declaration of independence. Are you hearing me so far? And, and so, see, so what happens many times is this. Let me. Most people live life like this. They, they are influenced by observation. They're influenced by explanation. But where to live by revelation. Are you hearing me? So, for example, I may observe that I don't have money. I may observe that I just lost my job. I may observe that I am single, which means that I am not fulfilled until I get somebody in my life. So all those observations are a bunch of factual lies. They are factual lies. They are factual lies. What do you mean by factual lies? Meaning that, yes, you may be actually single, but the truth is God's your father. The truth is, is that you are fulfilled in Christ and you don't need anybody else to fulfill you. You, you need to get this because, because what happens is that you'll enter into the marriage thinking, finally, I got the woman of my dreams who will fulfill me. And all she is going to, I'm going to tell you, talk to anybody who's married. All, the, all your partner does is intensify the things you hate. You all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And now you can't just drop her off. You got to sleep next to her. You got to sleep next to him. Oh, I'll fix it when we get married. That is a factual lie. Why? Because you can fix it today, but as soon as he says, I do, he won't. Am I preaching, married folks? And so what happens is that we're looking at life like this, and God says, what I need you to do is have an encounter, have a face-to-face. -face. And what happens now is that, first of all, I'm seeing myself the way God sees me. I see myself as the head and not the tail. I see myself as blessed and highly favored. 
I see myself as, as the apple of God's eye. I see myself as some folks. The value of a thing is based on the price that was paid. You're not, you're going to hear what I'm saying. It's based on the price that was paid. And sometimes have you had people who said to you, um, when you say you bought something, people say, I would never pay that for that. I, I would never pay that much for that. Well, the bottom line is, is that whether you will pay it or not, it's valuable enough for me to pay the price. Oh, let me tell you something. When God, God purchased you, not with money, but with the precious blood of Jesus. How dare you say I am worthless? How, how dare you allow that words to even come out of your mouth? If nothing else, no matter how bad life is, you need to look yourself and you say that Je and say this: Jesus paid the price for me, and therefore I must be worth something. Are you following me? But not only that, when I when I look into the mirror, I also look into the mirror of God's word and I see what God's word says. So my, so, so my situation says I can't do it, but the mirror says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the beauty of this is that because I'm in his presence, I'm seeing life from his point of view. I, I, I'm looking up and God is showing me if you can just tilt this lip. God is showing me. See, I don't see you all. I see what's going on in heaven. Set your affections on things above. And so why? So there may be a whole lot of junk going on and you may say, why is it not bothering you? It's because I don't see the junk. God is showing me what's going on in heaven. And so while you see, while you think I'm drowning, I'm seeing God has everything under control. I'm seeing, oh, 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 that's how I'm going to look when you deliver me. Ooh, oh, oh, that's how you, oh. Mm. And so be, mm, because I see my life the way God has already shown me, I can give him praise on credit. I can begin to shout like, oh, you mean I'm going to be doing that? You mean you call me to do this? Let, let me praise you now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless your name. You mean you're going to give my daughters godly men? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Men who love God, thank you, Jesus. Men who love me, thank you, Jesus. Take your eyes off your situation and spend time regularly in the presence of God, looking in the mirror of his word. Ooh, ooh, oh yeah, this, oh, yes. Mm, I'm ble oh, bless the Lord at all times. Oh yes, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means I don't have time to complain. If you would learn, thank you, sir, you may be seated. If you and I would learn to spend time regularly in the word, it'll change everything. It'll change everything.
when the enemy attacks you, you can say, this is what the mirror says about me. When the enemy says, I'm going to drive you crazy, the mirror says, he will keep me in perfect peace if I just keep my mind on him.